My name's Stuart, this is my friend Mary, and this is the Not Your Mother's Podcast. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> now, some of you that have watched this before may realize, or notice that was the most natural intro we've ever given. That's because that's the second time uh, I gave it, because I fucked up the first time around. <laughs> so, me, me and Mary, I would, technically we go way back. Yeah. Because uh, we were at Hiles Anderson at the same time. But as she said earlier when we were talking, it was funny. She was, uh, I was a lamb to the slaughter, and she was over it and leaving. Was that burned. was kind of the yeah, burnout. Yeah. That was kind of the the transition period. Um, so we we've known of each other, or knew of each other a long time ago. But as far as connecting and really talking, hasn't happened much till lately. Mary was it was funny because she was in town, uh, and I had no idea we were messaging back and forth. And um, she asked me where I was living now, and I told her, and she said, "Oh, well, I'm I'm in San Diego, which is not far from me at all." So I said, "Oh, shit." Because actually, I think initially I'd said, can you come on the podcast once I figure out how to get someone yeah. remote? Yep. And you're like, yeah, of course, no problem. And then she asked where I was. I'm like, oh, shit, it doesn't have to be remote. I'll come get you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it worked out, and I'm super happy. Thank you very much. Actually, Thanks for my being pleasure. On. Uh, yeah, my pleasure. That's a good one we were taught, right? Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, my, my pleasure, and thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please may I have another. <laughs> <laughs> please may I have some more. So, um, Life at Howells Anderson is something that, it's fun to talk to people about it that were outside of it, that have never experienced it, whether oh, they've yeah. never experienced a cult or just never experienced anything like that in general. So we were talking earlier and just saying like how funny it is uh, to have to have conversations with what, what I would call normal people, and mm. then they will, they'll, they'll you'll tell them, yeah. you'll tell them, like, you know, some things that we're going to talk about right now. Like, you'll tell them some wild and crazy shit, and they'll be like, yeah, no, I don't. And then you're like, no, really, that that happened. <laughs> That's real life. That happened to me, or I did that thing. Yeah. So, excuse me, starting off, I guess I'd like to get into just um, just college life, what it was like. Um, were you, and we haven't talked about this, I was heavily involved in the bus ministry until until after tour. So, like, after tour's over, I was yeah. like, nah, no more. And that's, I think, I feel I could be wrong, and we'll talk about tour in a little bit. For those of you that don't know or that do and want us to get to that, fast forward, like, 20 minutes, we'll probably get to tour by then. But, um, I feel like that was a tour thing. Like, after you went on tour, then you're like, eh, fuck the bus ministry, like, I'm good. I that was honestly a stigma. was so over the bus ministry by my freshman year. Really? That oh quick? Oh my gosh. Like, Holy shit. I mean, I did it. Where I were you? Were you, in, you had to be in C then. I was in B. No, I think I was really? in B yeah, for a while, and then I was in C. Okay. Yeah, C is the worst. All I know is I hated I hated it after my, because it was no, it was no sleep, you know, like yeah. you get back and. You weren't sleeping anyways, and then on no. the weekend you couldn't sleep either. No, so it was like there was no personal time. These mm -hmm. kids did not like me. I didn't really no. like those kids. <laughs> I got, it's so true. I got things thrown at me before, and you can't touch really? them. You can't do anything to them. Yeah. It's just like, I want to Well, I mean, you know. But I didn't. Division leaders can, you know. Lawsuits. Rape and stuff like that. But we, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I know, I'm not at that level. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah, no, no, no one does. But um, <laughs> no I don't even like right kids mind. that much. <laughs> but no. Well, like, the honesty's coming out from the get-go here. I love it. <laughs> Jim. There you go. That'll do it. Jim Beam. Um, so, so you were, you were burnt out like immediate, not immediately, but within your freshman year. Mentally like, burnt ministry. out, yeah. but I still went through the motions until my senior year and then I stopped really? going on the bus ministry completely. Hmm. I was over it. I thought it was all a farce. Somehow, I don't know. I think maybe it was, um. And I also didn't like eating goldfish. Did you I eat some? Yeah, I had to do that every yeah. year. I ate live goldfish. Isn't, and that's another crazy one that you tell people, and they're like, nah, there's no way. Like, there's no way you're eating fucking goldfish. Do like, you no, see the really. trauma in my eyes? 
I ate from all the goldfish. In fact, no. I chewed a tail accidentally because I reached ah. back up. I bit it down. And uh, Mountain Dew awesome. kills them real quick. Oh, see? And I you, cried you because I killed the goldfish. I <laughs> so internally, I was suffering. Do you remember? Did you ever have leftovers? Uh, leftover fish? No, meaning like when you're done giving them to all the oh, kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we would We would dump them down. Or, yeah, oh, you I would throw them out the yeah, window. They were horrible. Like, I literally was like, I'll just take them and, you know, cut them. Right. I don't know, anything. <laughs> don't kill them. Don't kill them. Just, and just yeah, don't kill them. Yeah, the bus ministry was messed up like that. That was the worst. Let's teach our kids to hurt people. Yeah, that's a great and, idea. And fish. Yeah. <laughs> so we did, I think, uh, before I got to college, I did this one time. Before I got to college, I promised, because I was a bus captain before I went to college. Couldn't get bus captain status at college, but before mm. I got there, I was a bus captain. And, um... I uh, remember promising for every visitor that came, mm. I would eat a goldfish. Oh, God. They brought a shitload of kids. <laughs> and I was Shouldn't so fucked. Well, I didn't keep it. I got to like the fourth goldfish <laughs> and I was like, fuck this. Like, this is like, because I was used to doing one every once in a while. Like, that was kind of commonplace. It was whatever mm -hmm. I was used to. But man, once I got to like the third or fourth goldfish, I was like, all right, guys. Like, maybe once a Sunday for the next year. I don't know. But <laughs> like, I was done. Like, I was oh, good. Yeah, Goldfish Sunday was interesting. Um, there were so many uh, promotions that we did. I know when I had John on, we talked about just some of the crazy stuff. We had a like a candy toss or candy throw or something mm -hmm. like that. I remember I was on Gavin Corwin's bus route at the time. That is one of the last names we're allowed to use. Oh, <laughs> I was on okay. Gavin's. Right. I was on Gavin's. Yeah, because he'll be fine. Um, but I was on his bus route at the time, and one of his there was a stampede because it was kids that wanted candy, and it was thrown out on the ground for them. And one of Gavin's kids broke his fucking leg, and oh, we had to go to the hospital in Hammond there to like visit him after church he broke is, his leg. Church is a seriously scary place. I agree. I mean, I've seen kids take well, like metal chairs, like in the Sunday school services downstairs by that alleyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I remember watching a kid take a chair and whip another kid over the head Jesus. with it. Jesus. And the bus minister, whatever bus worker, comes yeah. over and tries to stop it. That kid he gets got hit. hit. He gets hit with a chair. <laughs> And I'm just standing and I'm like, man, I, like I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I don't know. This is too much. This is done. Yeah. done. <laughs> this isn't. Security yeah. comes in for this, like, little four-year-old. Like, I'm what like, what's hell? going on? Like, <laughs> this child's going to jail. Yeah, like, it was that what? serious. That's intense. Yeah, I never, well, I did I did run into a fight. I'm sure I've talked, oh, no, I know I talked about it before, but I had a fight once on Willow Court. Not me, but I had a couple bus kids that were just getting, these girls were just beating the shit out of each other. That was that was oh, yeah. interesting. Girl fights were yeah. always the best ones. Yes. Hair just everywhere. Yes, yeah. That was the the one had a hold of the other one's hair and was just whack whack. It was yeah, bad. That's the best it was way rough. to go. But, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Um, bus routes. So Gross. the bus ministry was definitely a big part of uh, your life at Highland Anderson, yeah. mine as well. And I I guess I was pretty for me I was pretty gung ho all the way through until about my senior year. Like I said, after a tour, I I ended up on. Um, uh, can't say a name. I'm an A bus route, mm. and so I was just like, ah, like it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Like I never showed up, and when C was I was the there, worst. yeah, I guess. yeah, C was C was awful. But I was I ended up on an A bus route, um, meaning there were different classes, and really it's breaking down. Like we're saying, like A was all right, you're good. B was still it was shitty, but not as shitty. And C was like, oh fuck. It was the areas, cool. the ghetto. So yeah, it was exactly. The ghetto. Yeah, mm -hmm. is where you got the kids that were probably sleeping outside anyway. Like I feel bad for yeah. those kids. They but were not in good places. No, they, yeah, not at all. I mean, it was bad. So what she's saying speaks to you know the big one of the big problems. Like anyone who's gone to college and worked full time understands like you don't have personal time. You barely have personal time, and when you do have personal time, it's on the weekends. And so what Hal's Anderson effectively did was it took all of that away. 
because you're working your, your school in the morning and then in the evening, unless daddy paid your school bill, which happened for some people, but oh, not dad. for us, um, which isn't a dig on my dad, I'm just saying, um, that unless someone was paying your school bill, then you were working in the evening. So you'd work in the evening, you'd get back, excuse me, you know, after dark, sometimes, you know, I think... If you're working AmeriCall, you could still work till 9 or 10, I feel like. Uh, 10 was the latest, I think, for 10, females. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think I think we could go to 11. I'm not sure. But I was at AmeriCall some part of every year I was in college. And so we would go, and then you'd work, you'd work till late, and then you'd get back, and that's when you do, if you had homework or something like that, that's when you get your homework done, or you'd try. Yeah. And, you know, God forbid you try to have a dating life in the midst of all that. Like, that was just nearly impossible. So, trying to, like, check all the boxes and do everything that you were supposed to do was pretty close to impossible. So, uh, and, like, what we were saying about the bus ministry, it make, having that going on on the weekends made it that much worse, where it was just like, you know, fuck your life. You don't you don't have time for anything. No, your life is yourself. not yours. Yeah. I mean, they make it it's quite Jesus clear. Is life. I have more time. I'm more free yeah. time in the military now than I ever did in college. That's an interesting distinction because I've I talked mean, it's to true. Yeah, I've talked to another friend of mine who's in the military as well. Um, and he has expressed to me that he's and I'm not saying this has been your experience, but he said I have been I've been treated far better by my superiors in the military than I ever was by my superiors at Hauser Anderson College. Absolutely. Yeah? I 100% agree with that. Really? Well, yeah, because at the end of my Marine ceremony, uh -huh. right, you're done with your boot camp, right. they hand you an Eagle Globe and Anchor mm -hmm. crest, mm -hmm. and that's yours to keep. And there's yeah. something you earn from that you can never lose. Yep. You go to Hauser Anderson, they hand you a shitty diploma, yeah. and then they still look at you and say, well, you're not married, and you probably never will be married because you're not good enough. So, Damn. yes, I am treated so much better. <laughs> In the military than I was ever at college. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, and, and like I said, I think it's an important distinction. And a big reason is because I feel like a lot of people that are watching this either know of Hiles Anderson or know, you know, know who we are. Um, but I think it's a, an important distinction because there's so much from the beginning. I, because I, uh, if I, I could be incorrect, but I, I feel like I've talked about this before. Jack Hiles claims to have been a paratrooper. Yeah. And um, Ray Young is really big on uh, his dad's uh, military service. And, um, that, you know, it's very important for him to let everyone know about. And I think, uh, and there were other people, a uh, guy by the name of Brian that was there when I was in school. And a lot of people that either have a military background or want to talk about military shit all the time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they put themselves in a position of like, oh, we're, well, I feel like, wasn't that a phrase? Like, we're the boot camp of fundamentalism or yeah, something they like would say that. that. Doesn't we that are sound the right? basic training or boot camp of fundamentalism. Yeah. And yeah. You know, at the time you think, oh yeah, definitely. Because you haven't experienced it in real life. But no, they're not even, they're worse than boot camp. Yeah. Because there's no lessons you learn out of it except that life sucks and it's supposed to suck and that's how life is, so get over it. Because Jesus. Is exactly. Yeah. There's no true meaning or purpose to what they do. In the military, at least you have that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes and and that makes perfect sense. And then I do like um, the uh, what you said about your ceremony, what you get at the end of it, and Hal Anderson. I, I liked. I didn't know you were going to go there with that, but it makes so much sense. And I've had dovetailing with that. I've had a buddy tell me, um, very close friend, say, you know, he graduated, and um, Scott and and Hiles were very big on just come here, let us train you, and we'll get you a job. We'll get you not yeah, not a job yeah. when you're in college, but a job when you get out. Mm -hmm. And this friend of mine has told me on more than one occasion, like. He, he's, he graduated. He not flying colors, but he did good. He graduated. He got married. And, and then he said, okay, guys, I need a job now. Yeah, well, you know, 
<laughs> Sorry. So you really, not only do you not get what you're promised, you also, uh, if you talk to John Keister, you hear, hear a lot about this, you also get an unaccredited diploma. I still have my, yeah, I, really yeah, need yeah. To, I really need to burn that. Yeah. I just realized, yeah. Mine's I look, at the bottom of a birdcage. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's good for. I love it. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. useful in that way, right? But I looked at mine the other day and I realized one of the signatures on it is Jack Scott, who's doing oh, time right now. Yeah, mine is signed by a convicted criminal. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I realized. To that. Yeah, exactly. So I realized looking at it, I was like, oh, I really, like, you know, before I was like, yeah, I should burn it, rah, rah. And then I looked at it, I'm like, no, no, I really should burn it or dispose of it in some manner. That's not good at all. Oh, so, man. yeah, there's a lot. There's, I think we're going to talk a lot about that, um, not burning diplomas, but just, just, <laughs> just what we went through. Um, so I know for me, I was never... I never got put in, I think the, the, the coolest or the highest level that I got to was tour, but I was never in a position of authority or anything like that. Not that I ever wanted to be, but I was never a bus captain or a dorm soup or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, did you, did you, did you ever aspire to such things? Uh, I mean, the only thing I wanted to ever be was a dorm supervisor, but really? not because I actually liked people. It was but because you had I had my room. own room. Yep. I knew it. But I was never trustworthy enough because I was always playing pranks mm. and I was immature to them. Yeah. And I... I didn't really have my whole head in the game all the time. I mean, I did, but I was very outspoken. Yeah. So I well, wasn't a being favorite. An outspoken woman anybody. at Howells Anderson is just kind of... That's naughty. Yeah. It's very naughty. <laughs> very naughty. To, no, you know, no, no, no. You're not supposed to read books unless they're written by certain people yep. from that church yep. or that college. Yeah. I mean, women were not allowed to have brains. Mm -hmm. So You were for babies and food. Yep, That's it. babies and food. That's it. That's yep. interesting. So for me... Um, you know, I, th I want to talk about our experiences and how they were different, because they definitely were different, but the same in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think I have, you know, I have good friends, and I, a lot of people will say, like, well, you know, at least I got a wife, which I had for a little bit. Um, you have a lot of good friends <laughs> and, and fun. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That was good. I like it. So good friends or good experiences, and that, that happens, I think. Finding, if you're a good person or a fun person, wherever you go, wherever you end up at, you're going to find like-minded people. It doesn't really matter where you, where you go, you're going to find them. So I have mm -hmm. fun experiences, shared experiences um, from college. But, you know, I think one of the crazy things to me was how outraged, excuse me, our authority would get when in the dormitory something would go wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand how they ever expected anything to ever go right or as planned. You put girls, all girls together, and said, "Don't, don't lay, you know, don't lay a finger on your boyfriend, or we're gonna kick you out, and we're gonna put you all in a confined space, and we're gonna make it so that you have to abide by ridiculous." Well, there's cell phone. What was the cell phone rule? You could have it, but in the hallway or something. In the something. hallway, you weren't allowed to be on your phone. Because if someone walked by you, especially a faculty member, that was rude. So Wait, where could you have your phone? You couldn't have your phone in your room either. Um, Not after a certain I hour. I didn't have a cell phone because I was poor. But I think <laughs> I only got one. it had to be in the middle of the table. I thought the way it was. Wow. It had to be in the middle of the table with the charging. It couldn't be in your bed. And dorm supervisors would come through at night and they'd check to see if those phones were there. It could be... That could have been later, though, after I left, yeah. because when I was there, I really don't remember any of my roommates then, yeah. having cell phones, really? or maybe they weren't allowed to have them, I don't mm -hmm. know. But there was a rule where if you were on a cell phone in the hallway, and someone was walking past you, you had to get off your phone and say hi to them. Because, <laughs> God forbid, you're doing something else. Yeah, other than paying attention to the people that are super yes. important. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah, I, re I remember. I remember. I'm trying to remember because there was a when I was there, and again, like you were exiting, I was entering Hal's um, Anderson around the same time. But I remember for some portion of the time I was there, there was a rule like a like your lights out rule, like at 10:30 or something, mm. no more cell phone usage. Which I, except for my freshman year, I had a pretty cool dorm soups, and they didn't really care. But I do remember sometimes, sometimes when the sometimes when the rules were enforced in the dorms, it was like, wait, this is a rule? Like yeah. this is just this is just it's so so much of it's so bonkers to look back at and 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 think about just the absurdity of it yeah. um i'm trying to think of more like now nothing's coming to mind i will i promise you guys i will at some point have a rule book and go through it i don't know with with who probably not by myself it's like maybe 165 pages long yeah maybe it's longer long. now <laughs> probably <laughs> i don't remember all the rules but i know there was a shitload of them um and i remember you know um being in the dorms and just being very it's just you're barely sleeping and you're stuck with a whole bunch of the same gender and you're just you're not going to get along it's just not going to happen i remember um i had a roommate i won't mention any names this for me this is a funny story it may not be to if this guy no he won't see this but i remember uh he worked at dunkin donuts warehouse which a lot okay. of guys end up working at well a few he worked at dunkin donuts warehouse and so they would steal stuff from the warehouse. Like, I mean, that's what you do. Hiles Anderson, Baptist, you steal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you gotta eat something. And the dining hall food wasn't exactly the best. That uh. <laughs> was rough. He would steal, like, milk and orange juice and donuts and shit. So he'd bring those back. And so I naturally thought, well, you stole it, so you're not gonna have a problem with me stealing it also. Yeah. Not a big deal. It was a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, I got up in the middle of the night and I went over to, he had a little mini fridge. I went over to Josh's mini fridge and I opened it and I thought he was, I was sure he was asleep because I got back super late. Oh, man. I opened it, I was trying to be real quick. There was no light in it, so I'm fumbling around, found the milk, and I was thirsty as fuck. So I, I doubt, like, glug, 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 oh my god, this is perfect. Or no, it was orange juice, you know, all sugar, but it was delicious. <laughs> I drank all that shit. I was super happy. I was about halfway through drinking and I hear Josh go, Stuart, is that you? Drinking my orange juice. <laughs> I was just like, put the cab back on, <laughs> closed it, laid back down, never talked to him about it. We never spoke about it again. But I was very, uh, I, I remember that now. There was another, uh, someone who's commented, and we've talked back and forth before. I just used his first name, John. But I remember John getting, uh, I was rooming with John on Colson for a little bit, not John Warden. And uh, he had, uh, no, it wasn't John. John was my roommate, but it was someone else that I did this to. It wasn't John, I remember now. Um, but... <laughs> I drank, I was always thirsty. Oh, God. I drank a bunch of his grape juice. Uh, whatever it is you're thinking, I don't think it is that, oh, okay. I hope. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> it looked bad I on your like, face. Um, so I drank a bunch of his white grape juice or whatever. I drank a bunch of it. And he came back in the room, you know, later on in the day or whatever, and said, uh, you know, who, who drank my grape juice? And I was just very, very pissed about it. And I wasn't going to, like, you didn't catch me, yeah. bro. Like, I didn't fucking do that shit. But I remember very vividly, and again, it was not anyone named John. Oh, and I can't remember this guy's name. But I remember, very vividly remember him saying, well, whoever drank it, you're going to get AIDS, because I have AIDS. <laughs> so, I don't have AIDS. So, I was wow. just like, I, I thought about it, I was freaked out for a minute, and I was like, I don't think it's transmitted that way anyway, so I should be good. But it was just, again, that just speaks to how desperate and how frustrating it is to be living in this confined space with these people, and always hungry yeah. and thirsty. Literally, you were always hungry and thirsty. Yep. And, um... Yeah, that the dorms were an experience for sure. I remember, um, I remember my friend Jonah. 
he worked at McDonald's. Oh, again, yeah. Again, back to always being hungry. So at the, and that was when that McDonald's, uh, was the one right by the college. Oh, you guys were allowed to work, that's right. And didn't yeah. didn't have to work yeah. just at America. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So the guys could work pretty much wherever, but yeah. girls could only work work scholarship or at? Uh, Americall, a telemarketing company. Tell us about Americall. Because I haven't really got into that on here before, and I had a request yesterday yeah. to talk about it. Americall. We called it AmeriHealth. Mm-hmm. It was a call center. Primarily, you were calling for like Discover Card, Plan Plus, other insurance companies. I sold the shit out of Plan Plus. Yeah, I, I would get sworn at all the time. <laughs> um, I would say things back, and I would get reprimanded for that. But uh, I mean, I did well at my job. But there's only so much you could do, and so there was that job, and then there was work scholarship. Work scholarship, you could be. What was the hourly? On, the actual hourly on work scholarship it was like three or four bucks or something, right? If that. Yeah. I mean, you didn't even see it because. Literally, like, you just never saw money. I think I made $40 in a paycheck. What? Yeah, well, because also with AmeriCall, uh -huh. because they knew that was your money going towards your college. Right. They could just brick your check. It would go right to so your tuition. So they would tuition. take your tuition right out of your oh, check. Yeah. You never saw it. You never saw that ever. Uh, like, I remember once. So where did you there, get your paycheck? I think I picked it up. We would pick it Our up campus. usually at the front. No, we usually pick it up at the front oh. desk. But sometimes I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, there's money missing. Like, I know I made this so much money. The, so the paycheck, the, the bank, whatever, that would run through Hiles Anderson before it, it came to you. And then and it would come to you at was, your place of yes, employment. Yes, now I didn't know if that was everybody how it worked. No, I, I know heard that a lot. my freshman year and sophomore year for sure, yep. they did that. Wow. And I was just appalled because I had no money for anything. Mm. And they were like, oh, well, tithe came out. You know, they take your tithe. They took out your tithe. They, they made sure you were doing everything for them. Um, wow. But yeah, it was the only place you could work. That or work scholarship, and work scholarship was rough because it was a thankless well, you job. Were under Depending their, on who you worked for. Yeah, but you were under their heel. Like, you were already under their yeah. heel anyways. But then then not only that, now you're your At least work. I recall you could go on a bus and get out of the college. Yeah. You know, females weren't allowed to have cars until you were junior or something. Really? Like, there was this rule. Oh, yeah, there was rules about cars. That's like, crazy. Like, males had cars, I think, their first year. Oh, yeah. Females couldn't ride in a car with each other until... So one of them had to be at least a junior, I think, yep. with less than a certain amount of demerits. Um, <laughs> freshmen, females weren't allowed to have cars at the time. My first year, anyway. I don't know what? if that changed. I never had a car. Yeah. But uh, everything was very strict for a female. Like and it... then bedtime was even strict. Like, you guys could work past certain hours. Yes. I was never, I was never working past 10. I was always in really? bed at 10 or... 11 at the latest in my dorm area, but right. I was never in the hallways after that. Jesus, that's, I mean, and, and it's good to hear like that perspective from you because, um, like I said, I the experience that you had and that I had while I was at the same place was still quite different. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting to hear, you know, uh, Mary's perspective and like understand that it's not, it's even, it's very much worse for the women. Like, like it, it's worse, yep. it's, it's bad overall, anyways. Like, it's a cult, you're suppressed, like all that. But like me, I didn't have a car to my senior year, but I borrowed people's cars all the time. I went wherever I wanted, like, you know, within reason. I wouldn't go, I was just talking to, who was I talking to? I can't remember. I was talking to someone about the bar and grill thing. Do you remember that? Um, so a grill and bar is okay, but a bar and grill, you yeah. couldn't go to. Well, you never had to run into the problem no. because you were never allowed to go anywhere. That's right. I never did. That's very true. I had ramen and Pepsi. With no, no. Food because God forbid we went out anywhere. Um, Unless you knew someone. That, that was tricky, too. If you yeah. were with a dorm supervisor or somebody, you could probably go with, you could go with them mm -hmm. in a group. 
but I didn't know anybody my first few years. Right. I, I stayed to myself. I mean, I had friends, but we were all usually either in trouble or on the same level. Yeah. So, yeah. May have snuck to Walmart a few times. Oh, no. Crazy. But that was, crazy. that was another thing. <laughs> this is getting lit. Yeah. That is another thing that I think is interesting is you talked about the buses. Pretty much any time as a, as, a, as a female, as a girl, if you wanted to go somewhere, it was on a bus with a whole bunch of other girls. Yep. That was pretty much the way it went. We had a went. Walmart bus and a, and a mall bus. And how often um, did, those, did those go out? I think it was Thursdays. I don't remember. So once I never a week? had money to right. go. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, oh, uh, I need pantyhose. Better but, put some more uh, nail polish on my pantyhose oh, so that they don't stop running. Like, I mean, I was poor. Like, oh my God. every girl was. And hose were a big deal. Like, having pantyhose. Oh, you had to wear pantyhose everywhere. everywhere. Everywhere all the time, right? Unless you were in your own room or dormitory. Outside of that, even playing a sport, which normally uh, play sports. We didn't have sports. But, like, we played volleyball ball in the gym sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you still had to and wear pantyhose. Yes, because what if a man walks in and sees your, this is the quote, jiggle jiggle rump rump. What? <laughs> that jiggle is literally jiggle. what, if you see that bounciness <laughs> under, you know, all that woman's skirts and dresses, then you're a whore. You're a, you're a whore and a harlot with a bad heart. So. I've never heard jiggle jiggle rump I own many, many pantyhose. Oh yeah, well you had to. Oh yeah, I had a lifetime supply. <laughs> Freaking no-nonsense new movie yes, they, well. Yeah, you guys hung out. Oh my god, that is hilarious. For, uh, for all those pantyhose You stories. can get more. I'll get you more. Um, yeah, so, again, I this is why I'm so happy to have you on. Because I'll bitch all day about my shit. But, like, it doesn't even hold a candle or compare <laughs> to what women had to go through. It's just, again... Uh, from an early age and from being in that in the IFB for much of my known life, um, it's very suppressive to women, extremely suppressive. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, this college is kind of the pinnacle of that suppression. So being there as a woman, you're whatever rights you had going in, they're out. Like you don't have them anymore. Like, no, like that's that's the end of the road for that shit. No, and then when you leave, it's no. the same thing because you get married to some dude that was taught the same shit that knows that it's his job to be the head of the household and to be worshipped by his wife and his children and, and she's just there to make babies and food and, you know, be submissive yeah. and make sure she gives it up when she's supposed to. Otherwise, you're going to go have sex with someone in the congregation. Like, that yeah. is your life. After you leave college, if you get lucky enough to be married to a man of God, that is technically, that is your life. That's true. So, that's my rant. Um, <laughs> so, uh, transitioning a little bit, we both... Um, had the privilege of going on tour. Yep. So let me kind of run through that for anyone that doesn't know, uh, and she could probably run through it better than me because I only went once. I got, I was not supposed to go. I was not a favorite. <laughs> I sang a little bit. I wasn't a good singer, uh, and I was, I mean, I was okay, but like, I was not like, I didn't have a big last name, and I didn't, uh, they didn't like me. Like, uh, <laughs> Anthony didn't like me. Um, the staff members didn't like me. I didn't, I didn't get along with most of them. Yeah. I just, I wasn't, now this, she's told me some stuff, that she's very outspoken, which is fucking badass. I was not nearly as outspoken as you were, so I don't know how you made it there that long. But there was, I wasn't as outspoken, but I didn't, we just, I didn't get along. They were just assholes. Like, yeah. I would get called out in class often, like, yes, I'm talking to my girlfriend in class. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, it's, it's whatever. Like, this class is super boring. You're talking about Jack Hiles. He's been dead for a long-ass time. <laughs> and I know everything about him. I studied him as a child. This class is extremely not essential to me. So, anyways. 
I'm not bitter about no, that I, class I material at all. all. Yeah, <laughs> not even a little Can't bit. Can't tell. <laughs> so that again, that's just the the experience um, is is nutty in and of itself. But again, adding to it what it what, what it is for women is crazy. So tour is what we're going to talk about. We both went on tour um, for you went for every year. You went for four years. He started the summer two thousand and two. Two. Yeah. Well, three technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah, because you were there in two. And my last one ended abruptly. <laughs> um, Oh, we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2006. Yeah, so four years. Yeah, four years. So tour is, um, you're you're part of a group of people that sing and play the piano, and you go, you go, you usually have a section of the the United States. Did you ever go out of the U.S.? Uh, no, just no. just one two. I was really bitter. We were supposed to go to Jamaica. Yeah, I heard about that. I was super fucking pissed. You guys think it's I got bad? my no. I got my passport and everything, and then I don't know what happened, but whoever was doing the missionary work in Jamaica got in trouble for something, and they were like, oh, we're not going to go anymore. Not surprised. <laughs> yeah, right? Par for the course. So you go you go through a, a specific land, Midwest, the East Coast, whatever, and you have a tour pastor mm -hmm. um, that, you know, is basically a chaperone in there to make sure that, you know, uh, everything goes smoothly to their standards, so yeah. to speak. And um, you have a tour pastor, and then you have your other group members, and you just go church to church. Um, and it's nearly every night that you're at a church. It's mm -hmm. not just Sundays and Wednesdays. No, it's every and night. And sometimes it's during the day. Sunday. Yeah, so you'll have, and what all you do is you you stand up, you give a testimony, or you tell where you're from and whatnot, you sing. And then afterwards, <laughs> something I found out today, <laughs> you're supposed to be recruiting like a motherfucker, like getting a yeah. lot of people to come to college. I didn't recruit a single person. And that's really the sole purpose of the whole thing. It is literally to, is. Is to get uh, impressionable teenagers to think, oh, these people are up there and they're all dressed alike and that's totally normal. <laughs> and they, they have beautiful voices and they seem yeah. happy. They seem ridiculously happy because we always had to be. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> She remembers. That, that was life. quick. <laughs> Let me talk to you about it. <laughs> I know you've heard my testimony 15 times. Let me tell you one more time. One more. <laughs> and then I know once you hear the horror stories, you too will want to join. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to make that its own excerpt. That was beautiful. So oh, man. so you stand up there and you give a testimony, you give an intro, and you, and you sing, and then afterwards you sell your CDs and you, um, you chop it up with people at the church and you let them know, you know, what the fuck college is like. I don't even know, really, because this the, the follow-up part that she did so well, how many times did you get? 500. That's crazy. In, in like a span of four years. No, so. still, that's cr I promise you, our entire tour group had, didn't get 50, what? and if we got if we got that no. many, it was because Matt was sweet-talking. Our sweet -talking tour group had the highest selling, so I know our first year for sure, our tour group had the highest out of any of them, mm -hmm. because we had a certain people who were our tour directors. Yep. Um, and they could just win. They could win people over, which was yeah. great on them. But uh, it's very fake. But yeah, um, you know, we had all those people. We had hundreds just out of our group. Jesus. And then through the year, just I mean, I, I just became used to it. Like that was what I was supposed it's to your do. Your job. Yeah. So kept recruiting, kept recruiting, and. See, Mary yeah. looked at it as a job. I looked at it as shit. I get to run around and sing all summer. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I had to feed myself. You know. Like, yeah, that's true. What was so? What was uh? We don't have to mention names, but I got, <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got lucky with. Um, I'll just call them chaperones. Our tour pastors are chaperone, really. Mm -hmm. I got lucky with my chaperone because he didn't. It was whatever. Like we, we'd go out to eat, we'd go to nice places, whatever. Like I got treated very, very nicely, and I'm grateful for that. But I know, especially for the girls, and then some of the guys, like it was just not. Like there was a budget, right? You mm -hmm. had a, a credit yeah, card, five dollars a meal or something was the top. 
We never, we never went by that. We never went by that. I know. I just, I was always hungry. Did you I mean, eat? Always. Now, did you eat sack lunches? Because I remember a lot of churches would pack sack yep, lunches. Yep, we would do sack lunches. Um, <sighs> like some you didn't of them get enough scary. of that at college. Yeah, I know. Tell me, tell me, give me a scary sack lunch because I have a scary one that I want to tell oh, you. Oh man, I'm okay. sure you can beat mine. But. I, I remember one in particular. It, I thought it was supposed to be tuna and uh, tuna, and I thought relish. When I bit into it, it wasn't tuna. It wasn't celery. I still don't know what it was, but it tasted like a fish. It might have been sardines. Oh, my God. But it God. had the fishiest, disgusting, most disgusting. Oh, that's scary. Like, ear, just, I oh, wanted to gag, but yeah. you can't because you have to eat it. Did you eat it's it? your food. Well, yeah, it's my food. Oh, again. my God. <laughs> so I ate it. And then Sorry, I I'm ate laughing a, at her pain. They were like. You know, fucked up apples and uh, oranges that had mold, and it was just. Ew. We didn't always get the best sack lunches. Sometimes they really, you know, they worked ooh, on brownie it, yeah. in there or right. a homemade sandwich. Yeah. And then sometimes it was like, I don't know if they went down under their sink and scraped out the goo <laughs> oh, no. and just plopped it on a piece of three-year-old this bread. This is for the Hiles Anderson College um, Tour Group. Yeah. Oh, I remember we had. So I, my horror stories won't compare because I only have like one. Um, but I remember one, one, one place we went, they gave us the worst pancakes I've ever had. I don't know what was in them, but it was like, it was like they just took flour and like put it in the pot and it was like, there's your pancake. Like, it was <laughs> not good. Go. Yeah. It's there, for you. It's right here. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. It was delicious. Thank you guys. We, we, then they packed our sack lunches and they told us what was in them. Yeah. And we thought it was a joke because they said, these are, here are your bologna and ketchup uh, here's your bologna and ketchup you sandwiches. Lost me in I know, oh. yeah. But why would you put ketchup on my why bologna do, sandwich? That's like a Stooges thing. It really is. It sounds like like something mm -hmm. Molary and Curly would do. And so they handed them to us, and they said that, and our our tour pastor laughed, and we all laughed, and we're like, oh ha ha, I love ketchup on my you know bologna. Like we thought it was a joke, and then we got in the in the sprinter, and we're like. Oh, there's ketchup on these bloody sandwiches. They were being like, real. There's real. Yeah. And I think uh, I think he, oh, one of the two remembers John. I think he bet John 20 bucks that he wouldn't eat it. And he ate it, but he felt sick afterwards for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's worth $20 to $20, man. Like, bologna in general, but then putting ketchup on it. I know. It makes oh. no sense. What are you doing? It still doesn't sound life? as bad as your mystery uh, fish. I still don't know what it was, <laughs> but I feel like I'm stronger for it. <laughs> That's the silver lining. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So we went, it's funny, I won't give too many details, but the guy who was our tour pastor, our chaperone, his dad, I already said this on a previous podcast, his dad is like known for like, like being the father of like soul winning and like going out and leading people to Christ right. and all that shit. So it was funny to me because when we went on tour, I think we went soul winning twice. That's it. The whole summer, maybe twice. That's great. Did you guys go pretty often or no? All the time. Really? I mean, we, I mean, we say soul winning. Pretty much yeah. any church was an opportunity. Camp, camps were mm -hmm. opportunities. Um, if we were walking were you down going a for street, numbers? we were had you trying a, to get numbers every day. It was all about numbers. But I mean, like, numbers. did your tour pastor like that? Was that something that was like, hey, we need to get this many souls this week, or hey, you did a great job because you saved five people today? Like, I don't remember was, if there was a certain yeah. number that was picked out, but I do remember them getting upset when we didn't find people sometimes. Damn. So it was kind of like if you remember those uh, activity reports we would do in college, mm -hmm. and you had to say that it was two, on one right? of them it was two must witness to two people. Yes. How many did you win to the Lord? By the way, I still don't exactly know what it means, win to the Lord. but I, You save the them, so they're not going to I hell anymore. Them. I save them, and they you bring them into their own hell. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. I remember so many times just making a big fat zero. 
Remember Why a couple would you do times? that? I just would lie. Why you tell know, the truth? I thought it's really I was hard pretty hardcore. Because I feel like I'm going to get found out. Mm. But towards the end of my years, my senior year, I was like 15. Just <laughs> un unreal numbers because I knew they didn't care they don't, anymore. Yeah. And they just they didn't like me. I yeah. liked them. So I'd be like 30. Fuck it. 55. <laughs> 72. Uh, I won the world. <laughs> How many did you but, uh, witness to today? All of them. I mean, yeah. I really did try, though. I mean, I think yeah. I legitimately was witnessing for, like, for several years, but I tell you, you get burnt out with that stuff. And then on top yeah. of tour, like you said, having quotas for every little thing mm -hmm. is just annoying. That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. But we're we're back. So thank you for staying with us. We're back with some Jim Beam honey. This shit is good, by the way. It is. Um, it's, quite, uh, it's quite tasty. <laughs> Do the accents come out the more you have to drink? Yes. It seems like it. I like it. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to be, I think. So, we both went on tour. It was a pretty, a pretty crazy experience, I think. Um, I, I had fun, but that was only because I was with the right people, not so much our tenor, um, but like our <laughs> my tour pastor was. He was very, or our chaperone was really, really chill, really laid back, and so that helped. And we, we had, we had, a, I had a good time. But um, you know, looking back, it's just. So much of it is so crazy, and thinking about it's so abstract. So many yeah. of the things we did, just like looking back and thinking, um, going into staying in people's just random ass people's homes. Yeah. yeah. Why would they trust me? Why Other should times, I trust it them? It's kind of weird. Yeah, super just weird. Stayed in like little girls' rooms with them. Uh, like uh, with we were them? super excited. Oh, like, for sure they the were. Yeah. Sometimes they're like. They did you ever get like? I know you like, talked about being burnt out, but like, did you ever get burnt out? Like, like having to entertain people? Like, you, oh, enter yeah. you entertained all night, right? And again, oh, yeah. we're not. I'm not trying to put us on a pedestal, say we're entertainers, but really, we were entertaining this congregation all night. No, and then we go to stay fair. at their at their home, and we have to continue entertaining. And you have to, you're being fake. You know you are. At some point, you know this is all a show. And then you're not. You're not just doing it in front of people. Now you're in their home, and you have to yeah. continue the charade. I yeah. just think that's that's crazy. It was, it was literally like, uh, you get home, or you get to the home, and you mm. think, I'm, I'm free, I'm clear. And, right. You know, they split the girls up, usually be two to a, different houses and whatnot. Never, we read the rule, I read the rule book uh, a couple weeks ago with John, it can never be, only, you can't, only one person can't no, stay. No, never, it has to be, that's not allowed. Because <laughs> you'll get pregnant, God right? forbid. You'll get pregnant if you're a girl, or you knock someone up yep. if you're a guy. That's just, yeah. it's what, it's true. <laughs> that's it what's going to happen. Was. <laughs> I'll tell you, if there were lesbians on that tour, they <laughs> Or in the homes you stayed in. Yeah, you never exactly. know. <laughs> big problem. Miseducation. Ignorance wasn't necessarily bliss, unfortunately. Ah, it was just yeah. missed opportunity. Yes, yes. We, but we discovered that earlier. Yeah. Um so I guess let's let's transition now and talk a little bit about um I wanna talk about you, because you're you're the guest and um we wanna talk about what you've done, what you've accomplished and where you've been since Hiles Anderson. Okay. So what was it? I think we all have turning points. Mm -hmm. Well, we all do at different points in our lives uh, that make us just shit hit you in the face or you yeah. just realize like, okay, I have to make a change or I have to do something different or this is who I am or this is how I feel. So you, um, we both are graduates. Um, so I graduated in 2000 and what? 2008 and you graduated in... 2007. 2007. Yep. So... Um, when I, I remember vividly uh, when I graduated. Do you did you listen to Southern Gospel at all? Uh, there. Yeah. When I could get away with it. Yeah, which is it's it wasn't so allowed. Funny. Yeah, no, I know. Southern Gospel. Wasn't it was allowed. so funny to me that that Southern Gospel Christian contemporary. I don't know though. 
I don't I, you to know what's it. weird? I don't like Christmas music. I just, I don't like it. It's super weird. I, I love it. I love really? it. So, I listen to it all the fucking time. Like, I listened to Southern Gospel all the way home yesterday. My friends are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I asked my therapist. Yeah, I asked her, like, please help me. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? She's like, look, does it make you feel good? I'm like, yeah. She's I should like, do some, right. some, like, Tech Nine and... Uh, I've, people have tried. People have tried to introduce <laughs> me to all kinds of shit. I still oh, love that teach stuff. Teachers on, teachers on. Right, right. So I enjoy. I don't know why. I still enjoy. Anyways, do you know who Ernie Haas's signature sound is? Uh, signature sound sounds familiar. Yeah. So they had a big thing. What they're they're they were pretty good. They're still around. They were a pretty good Southern Gospel group. But they had a big thing with tying their ties in like ridiculously huge knots. Like that was their thing. Like really, the ties would come to here. Super dumb, but it was their thing. I shouldn't say super dumb. I actually have a couple of them. That follow me on Instagram. No, it wasn't dumb, Roy. I loved it. It was great. I did it. Okay, I thought it was great. So I remember when I graduated, I was uh, that the night of graduation, like had the the black cape gown thing, and then I had my ridiculously huge knot. And I remember right before I walked out to graduate, one of the staff members looked at me and was just like, and I was like. What are you, what are you gonna I do? would have still gone. Okay. <laughs> been like... No, I did. I didn't give him the bird, although I very much wanted to. Yeah. Sergio, I think was his first name. And uh, but yeah, I remember seeing him and him like being very disapproving and be like, "Dude, I'm about to fucking graduate. Like, who fucking cares? Does like it at this point? It really doesn't minute. matter. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't matter anymore, dude. Like, you're done with me. Actually, that guy called me after I graduated, and one and he must have got his records mixed up, but he thought I was coming back for the fall semester, or oh, maybe he was wow. trying to get me to come back for masters. Like, so what classes were you thinking in the fall? Uh, none. Like, I'm so happy none. I'm done. God, Why the fuck are you on the phone with back. me? Yeah, so weird. Anyways, I want to talk about you, not me. So, when you uh, when you graduated, did you come? Did you come back for more? What did you What did you do? What was your What was your um, process after that? Well, because I couldn't afford to do it in four years, I did it in five, which yeah. meant I was taking <laughs> extra classes. I think I ended up graduating with almost 140 credits or something. Mm. Um, That's so, plenty. You know, the pastor. Well, we know who. Jack Scott. I see oh, his okay, name. Okay, we can see yeah. his name. All right. Yeah. Fuck um, that guy. That guy uh, ended up <laughs> calling me into the office and suggesting I take my master's. Um, I wasn't having it. I had just broken up with someone. Mm. I was just out of everything. And I had told him, I said, honestly, I don't think that this is what I want to do with my life. And then I said the words that got me in trouble. Because I had already said it once in college, and I got in trouble for it. But I said, I'm really thinking about joining the military. But and you're a girl. Girls don't have... Girls number one, you don't do have a mind there. of your own. Yeah, girls aren't and allowed to two, do that, technically. Well, you have to wear Especially pants. back then. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Be surprised what I'll say. Anyway, uh, so he was just uh, really upset with me. And That's basically funny. had told me that I was never going to do that. You I should never do that. And then he baited me with a carrot and said, if you're willing to stick it out, I'm going to send you to Ghana um, on our missions team this coming fall. And just, you know... Everything you could do to try to keep me. And up to that point, I was burnt out because yep. of everything that had happened to me. Yeah. The tour group and everything else that last year was yeah. rough. And so, uh, in the meantime, I kind of put in the back burner. I talked to my mom. My mom wasn't on board with it at the time either. She didn't really know a lot about it. Yeah. She was just like, oh, you know, I really don't want you to. And so didn't I want went you to, to go the, to Ghana or the military? They don't want me to go to the military. Gotcha. Okay. So, my mom was crying about it. I was crying mm. about it because I was just not That's sure. That's tough, yeah. And uh, I started working at Hampton Inn in Munster. And uh, that was my first free time away from the church, the school, everything. And you finally I started got your making break. friends, and I started real, talking in the to real people. World. 
Yeah, and a friend of mine, Bethany, she didn't end up actually joining. Um, she's like, I'm going to join the Army. And she was showing me all these pamphlets. Yeah. And I wasn't really impressed with the Army. Nothing personal. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't impressed with the Army. I was yeah. just kind of like, oh, my brother tried to get to boot camp, and he got kicked out. So I don't know if boot camp's the gonna thing. I don't know if Army's going to work for me. You, you know, yeah. like, mm -hmm. what's the hardest thing you can do? Because that's kind of just my nature. I like to do hard things. That's why I go through five years of hell of college. <laughs> and uh, yep. I saw a pamphlet in Hampton and actually it was laying on the table. I don't know why. I don't know who put it there. It was Jesus. But it was a Marine Corps pamphlet and it just said, be one of the few. And I was like, what? So <laughs> I'm looking through it and my grandma, by the way, was a Marine, but I never knew much about it. Oh, wow, so that's I knew cool. it was in my that. blood maybe, yeah. so to say. So uh, I looked at the pamphlet. I saw it was from uh, RSS Crown Point. Crown Point was a recruiting substation mm -hmm. just down the street, not okay. too far from where I worked. So, got up the courage, I lied to my mom that night and said I was going to a friend's house to right. hang out. I ended up going to the Crown Point station. Um, I walked in, and I was in a skirt and a polo. <laughs> that, of course, was As you should. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was it called? The Valley? Oh, the Can Valley. You can't valley. miss the Valley. <laughs> You're not allowed to see no my valley. No valley should be visible. Um, <laughs> I'm developing a valley right now. i got to work on that. <laughs> yeah. It was continuing. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> We'll get to all that. We will. But I did. I walked in and uh, I said to them, I'm interested in joining the Marine Corps. And they looked at me and you they went, were like, are you serious? Really? And I was like, yes. yes. And they told me, well, you know, maybe come back later. And I, I've never been turned down. Like, I didn't understand. I was like, come back later. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? I'm like, yeah, honestly, you just don't look like the type. And it Damn. bothered me because I was yeah. like, what is the type? You yeah. know? So I started researching what's the type. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of let go of it for a while because I was, like, kind of irritated. Yeah, well, it and, turns you off from it, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I was just kind of like, well, maybe I'm not the type. Mm. But then I looked back at my church and I was like, I'm not that type. You're not that either. And I don't want to get married and I don't want to be a missionary and I don't want to do any of this. Right. So I went back to the recruiting station and I said, I am the type. And I was like, I want to sign up. I said, what do I have to do? Yeah. And uh, they were like, why do you want to sign up? And I said, I need challenge in my life. Everything I'm doing is planned for me. Right. Need something I want to do. Mm -hmm. Two, I want to belong because right now I don't belong to shit. Yep. Like I literally like the church didn't like me, my college didn't like me, yep. everybody was praying for me. Oh, um, I love those conversations. Yeah, those are so much fun. fun. And I just wanted, you know, travel and adventure was one of the biggest yeah. things for me too. Like I'd never been outside. Get out of of this area. Yeah. And uh, after talking to the recruiter. He told me again to think about it. You really just unlike <laughs> just anything I thought. A lot of pushback. You yeah. know, I've seen these movies of no, they just come and they grab you, you right and they away. sign yeah. you and you go away. I wanted to get the hell out, and mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, it's not going to work like that. So, come weeks later, I take the I go to the military interesting mm -hmm. processing exam, whatever. I take all that. I get my ASVAB done, and I pass. So at that nice. point, my recruiter says, "Now you have to enlist." Are you ready for this? And I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> Raised my little old right hand, did my thing. Did he says, we're going to tell your mom. That oh, shit. It was a scary moment. I bet it was. My mom did not she know still didn't know up until that point. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So, went into my mom. He never had met her before. Because, you know, I was 22, so yeah. there's no reason to meet my parents. No, no. Um, but he walked in with me. And he's like, congratulations, Mrs. Weir. Your daughter's going to be a Marine. <laughs> Hopefully. And, <laughs> Did he really say hopefully? Yeah, well, because they don't like to, you know. Yeah, overpromise. And uh, she just looked at me. She's like, what? <laughs> you know, I just, she was upset for a minute. Yeah. Because um, nothing really was planned the way that she thought it was going to be It wasn't going according to plan for her. I'm sure the pastor was pissed at me about it. Oh, for sure. Um, but I did it, and Good. I have no regrets. That was 2007. I shipped in September. 
I'm still here. <laughs> that's awesome. Later. Yeah, that's a long time to be in. Uh-huh. Um, so again, I think that speaks to you finding, you know, what you wanted. Your place, yeah. Yeah, your place. I found my place. I belong yeah. in it. Um, yeah. You know, I came in, like I said, I came in for what I said I came in for, but I stayed because it's a brotherhood, a sisterhood, and it's something I never got out of college. Like, nope. five years of college, and I made some good friends. You would think. Yeah, you I made know? some good friends, but I, I have no pride in any of it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the friends I'm, I'm friends with are just like me, finding their own place right, too exactly. somewhere. Not yeah. a part of any of it. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a journey. That that is quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been I uh, I've, I have family in the military, and it's something that I've always always thought about, and always you know I don't want to romanticize about it because there's not there's just no fucking way at this point for me. But like I'm always it's always nice to meet someone that's in that has you know that I I, I know or have some background with, and it's always nice um, you know to know to know to know who it is. Yeah, you know it's always it's always interesting and neat to hear stories, and um, I think. Um, it's important to find your way, and, and it is, I, what I want to speak to is I think it's kind of crazy that, like you said, five years and being with, being in intensive situations in, in a dorm or on a tour bus or things mm-hmm. like that with these people and still forge friendships for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. but never, like you said, a sisterhood or a brotherhood or anything like that, yeah. even though that's what they wanted to pretend that all that was. Yeah, they, they did. They were like, oh, yeah. well, these are your best friends. No, yeah. they're not. Like, yeah. a lot of them are backstabbing bitches. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of them. Became lesbians, so they weren't as holy or as proper. A lot of them were Not fucking as... in churches yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it happens. So, but I mean, it's you know <laughs> that. So, but I think it's important to point out, like that's that is that whole religion is that whole movement is grounded on women being very submissive and women being, yep. you know, just making babies and making food, and that's it. I know I keep saying that, but guys, like that's all. Not at all true, but in that religion, that's all women are really good for. You're not, to, you're not, you're, even the New Testament, it says to remain silent in the church. Like, yeah, you're not to speak is. up. You're not to have a voice. You shouldn't you're, even let your boyfriend win a, or not win a board yes, game. That was yes. a big thing was, there was a literal class, and it was like, if you were playing a board what? game with your, yes, in the girls' classes, the understanding your husband and your wife, and all those other uh-huh. weird bullshit yeah, yeah. classes, uh, there was one point where they said, I won't say which one. Uh, she said, if you can say a first game, name. That's not going to be a problem. No, no, that first name will They'll give it give away. Yes, <laughs> unfortunately. I get it. Y'all I get will it. know. Yep. But uh, she said, if you're playing a board game with your significant other, and he's not going to win, you're going to have to find a way to lose because it's not okay. It's not okay no. to make him feel like he's less stronger than you are. And I was like, wow, he's a bitch. Then if he can't win. <laughs> I suck a monopoly if, if I can win. Then he's a bitch. Then he, well, and you probably shouldn't get with him because he really sucks at finances. Were you there when they made that rule, uh, the 10 minute dating rule? If you're Ooh. sitting with a girl talking to a girl longer than yes, 10 minutes, then it's a date, officially. And you have to call the parents and actually ask about a date. Yep, a date. Official what? date. You have to fill out the form. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. It was official date. There was like some form or something that had to be filled out, and then you had to call the parents for permission to date. What? We're the supposed to. Hell? Yep. yep. I never, I was just like... <laughs> that didn't, that didn't, wasn't a concern for you. <laughs> no, not at all. I wasn't even into guys. I already knew this. That's so funny. I don't really, I vaguely remember that. The one thing I do remember is now that you're saying the, not the rule, but the precept or the concept of like, if he's losing, don't let him lose. I feel like, I don't know if it was some girl I dated or, or the, 
person I married or whoever, but I remember some girl relaying that to me and telling me, like, look, dude, like, if you lose, you lose. Like, I'm sorry. But, yeah. like, I know I was told this. I'm like, they told you that? Like, yeah. Like, they told me this is what I have to do. I'm like, yeah, don't do not do that. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather be a real and natural thing, not, like, yeah, I mean, like we lose on scripted. purpose. Yeah, it was, <sighs> women couldn't open a pickle jar because they're not strong enough. <laughs> I actually saw you, you were opening something, the the sweet tea earlier. Yeah. I almost offered, like, nah, she's got it. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about sh chivalry, yeah, yeah, not chauvinism. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I get it. Chauvinism is a different piece. It is. And I'm, I'm not saying, oh, I tread on water here, like, very lightly. Um, mm, no, unless it's a name, women, I don't care. You know, they want to to be a little more manly, let's just say. Yeah, it's, yeah. I like being a girl, Yeah. but I like to open my own jar of pickles. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you're going to come okay. at me and say, do I need help? Well, I probably need to go see somebody if I can't open a damn jar <laughs> sure of pickles. pickles. <laughs> or maybe I have a hand condition. Yeah. So maybe you have some carpal tunnel, you know. The things yeah. they would teach you to manipulate your husband or your significant mm -hmm. other's senses, your their, their ways of thinking was ludicrous. Yeah. Definitely. Well, there's a lot of like, I mean, the the place that the men are taught to come from is incredible entitlement. Yeah. You know, like just the the husband owns the wife. The wife is to be submissive, and there is a there. I remember that being a point of um, contention every now and then, like hearing that whole wife is supposed to be submissive thing, mm -hmm. and then they would try to redefine it and reword it. And it's like, yeah. you really can't, man. Like you already said it. You already you already threw her under the bus and put her under your heel. It's done. It's over. Like you. you it's did. true. So it is like, and that, that's it's frustrating to, to look back. What's really frustrating for me is to not look back, but to look forward and realize that that place and many others still exist, mm -hmm. and they're still teaching that fucked up shit to people. Yeah, and they're getting away with it, and people are still, it's, people are gobbling it up. People, I people also got a Facebook page devoted to freaking stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's called remembering. Well, for one, he's not fucking dead. Wish sometimes yeah. it, you know, something accidentally happened yeah, to him. Maybe. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't make it out of there. <laughs> but you know, I mean, there's definitely people out there that think that too. But like, you literally got a whole page devoted they to supporting two hundred some like people. He is a pedophile. Yeah, <laughs> there's not another way to spell that there's out no... or make it better. Oh or... wait, it's spelled M O L E S T. -E <laughs> okay, gotcha. Technically, yeah. R E P I S T. Technically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to spell it. Yeah, there but is. It all sounds the same. It's the same. It's, we end at the same conclusion. Yep. So, um, so you found, I, I would say, um, maybe being liberal with what you're saying, but like you kind of found your way via the military. Would you say mm -hmm. that? Oh, absolutely. Like that was a big, big um, push or a big help or a big tool for you yeah. to kind of figure out, like, help to find. Not that you find your identity in it, because I don't see that in you at all, because I have, I know people that that's. That's their whole. They're so wrapped up in it, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But like you found who Mary really is once you once you got in, and you were, yeah. um, you know, going through the motions, doing your thing, traveling and whatnot. Definitely. I mean, I, I didn't know squat about the world until I yeah. joined. I mean, I'd been, like I said, on travel groups, but right, it wasn't anything compared to the Marine Corps and being no. around this diverse culture of men and women. Mm -hmm. um, and, and beyond that, traveling to different places, experiencing those, culture, experiencing those cultures, um, going to, through those different jobs that I went through, um, going through the different schools I went through, meeting those people, and getting the people that influenced my life to this day that I'm still grateful for. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can literally look at the military and name every one of my role models. That's I look back awesome. at college, I, I, I don't no. have any role models. No. I don't. I just don't. Yeah. Um, because I also chose a different life path than college mm -hmm. would have given me. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely not me. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not a, um, 
not a marine 24-7 in the sense right. that I, you know, I say left, right, left when I walk myself. <laughs> or, you know, that put myself to bad attention yeah. or anything. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I love being a marine and I love yeah. the pride I get out of it. And I just, Hell yeah. I did, I found my place. I found where my identity lies. Um, That's right. Through the military. You know, it was the path that gave me the, the way to get there. That's awesome. So, forever grateful. Hell yeah. What if, and we don't have to talk about it much if you don't want to, but I just, um, this is coming from a slanted perspective, so for, forgive me. Um, but I feel like, I don't feel like being a woman in the military uh, at all is a cakewalk, but especially the Marine Corps. That sounds something that would be, that sounds like something that would be, you know, wouldn't be an easy go of it. Yeah, that um, <laughs> uh, there's, let's put it this way, out of the 100% Marines, we yes. have maybe less than 10% are female. Really? Um, and females just recently, you know, we upped our physical fitness standards. Okay. Um, and quite simply, if you can't hack it, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. they'll train you to get there and they'll help you. But if but you're just not willing to put out the there. work, if you're not there, then, you know, there's other branches you can join yeah. that have less standards. Um, it is not easy because there's a lot of rivalry in general being mm. a Marine. Yeah. So being a female, you're not only getting the rivalry from the males, yeah. you're getting it from each other. Yeah. Sizing each other up. Right. <laughs> so it's it's a definitely a different dynamic, um, but it's what keeps you going. Cool. So I, We hadn't really planned to get into that too much, but I just wanted to, you're here and you're on the podcast, so I wanted to talk about that. It's very interesting. Like you said, the dynamic is very, dynamic is very interesting. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Um, so I don't know... Um, I'll get into to, to mine, uh, not been in the military, but to my kind of transition a little bit, um, and then if you want to talk about, if you want to talk at all about, you know, religiously or God, where you're at or whatnot, feel free. If you don't want to, don't blame me, because <laughs> that is very polarizing yeah, for me. Yeah. That's happened a lot. Um, but for me, and I know I've shared it before, but for me, what a lot of my um, <clears throat> the uh, not come to Jesus, but kind of like that, kind of that kind of happened when I realized. When I took a deeper look at um, the people that I was close with and the people that I was that I very much respected inside of the religion that I was in, the Independent Fundamental Baptist movement. By the way, I'm going to pause and say this because I'm getting I'm getting a lot of heat right now for painting the IFB with a broad brush. This is a phrase that I've heard over and over again, and uh, I don't know if if Mary wants to agree or disagree. Totally get it either way, but. My problem is when someone wants to come to me and defend themselves and say, well, I'm IFB, but I'm not like Jack Scopper. I'm IFB, but I don't think women should remain silent in the church. Then guess what? Take independent, fundamental Baptists off of your fucking sign. Because if you don't want to be painted with a broad brush, it's really fucking easy. Just don't say that that's your religion. You can say you're Baptist. You can say you're independent Baptist. You can say you're Southern Baptist or missionary Baptist. There's a shitload of Baptists that you can be, but you don't have to put independent fundamental Baptists on the side, or you don't have to claim IFB. So I think I'm going on a rant. And actually, I haven't been this mean on this podcast ever. <laughs> it's the Jameson and the Mary that's bringing it out of oh, me, so man. blame it on them. No, I'm just kidding. But all I want to say is, if it just it just popped in my mind, and it's the fact that we're everyone has a different perspective. So people that come at me, their perspective is, well, how dare you say, like, we're all rapists or pedophiles? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, if you don't want to be counted with the rapists and the pedophiles and the fucking weirdos out there, just change your name. It's not hard. And I know that's a big thing that's preached against, if you remember, like, changing the name on the sign yeah. is, like, the end of the world. And, in fact, there's, uh, 
uh, there's a pastor in the Indiana area right now that's really going through it, getting a lot of negative feedback because he's changed the name or is in the process of changing the name on his sign, mm-hmm. so to speak, from Independent Fundamental Baptist, as he should. Or taking Baptist off the sign, take it off. What does it matter? If you don't want to be counted with those people, then don't then don't associate and don't put that name. Don't. I've had plenty of people in comments and, and direct messages and text messages tell me like, well, I'm IFB, but I'm not like the rest of them. Then you're not IFB. That's just the end of the story. Like, if you, I'm trying to think of a, a, a normal way to equate it, you know, but I can't think of anything. It's just, Fundamentalism isn't normal, so there is no yeah. normal way to equate it. I agree with you 100%. There I think you go. that <laughs> it's, it's with anything else, like, yes, every area, every everything in life is going to have its bad areas. Yeah, yeah. But when you have such a concentrated mass area of m- sexual misconduct mm-hmm. and abuse, and culture that raises you to treat your women's like nothing better than a slave. Yeah, absolutely. Or a chef. Mm-hmm. Then you are part of that if you continue to stay. That's like if I stayed in the military and... There you go. See, you, I knew she'd I mean, come up with something. It's just how I think about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but they, if there was this it. ongoing... If there was an ongoing... Uh, just in the Marine Corps in general, if there was an ongoing pursuit of um, sexual misconduct as far as with females or something that was so bad that it affected... 25% of the Marine Corps, then I would probably consider getting out because I don't want to be associated with something that has a shitty name. Yep. But what we do, and this is just as military, is when you do something bad, you go you go pay for it. Either where it's you go to jail or you get in trouble for it. Yeah. And then you don't do it again or you get kicked out. You get kicked out because you're no longer going to be associated with that part of the military. You don't have the core values it wanted in the first place. Mm-hmm. They continue to keep... The bad apples, the bad yep. people. They just shuffle them. So if you're going to continue to stay in something that's still going to keep those types of people as your leaders, then you're part of it. That's how I got to say on that. I, I agree, 100%. I, I was agree. trying to pontificate and put it very well. She did better than I could ever. So thank you. No, that, yeah, that makes I'm, it's <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it just I mean, and it's really like what what she's what what I was trying to say and what she said eloquently is very. It's common sense. You know, it's it's very simple. It's what what you're kind of I don't know if inversely is the right word, but saying it a different way is just kind of saying like, if you do this bad thing again, you're out. Where which makes sense. Like that's what happens at work. That's mm-hmm. what happens in a lot of places. That's what happens, you know, in I don't know forums and yeah. groups and and a lot of groups of people that game together. Like all in in almost every social construct. That's how it works. That's why we have prison and jail. That's why we have laws. And are they flawed and is the system flawed? Yeah, for sure. But we have these constructs for a reason so that when someone keeps fucking up, we say, okay, you don't get to fuck up in here anymore. You got to go over there or you're going to get locked up or whatever it is. It's just what she's saying is right. Like instead of saying, okay, dude, you fucked up, you're out. Like, well, you fucked up, but you know, it really was her fault and the way she was dressing, she was asking for it. But I mean, that's a phrase. I mean, that backsides and bust lines. As she would, as she would it's, say, oh man, it's true though. God forbid. There's a, there's a stigma around women in that cult when it comes to misbehaving, so to speak, whether it's sexual or whatever it is. It's always their fault. I can't tell you how many times I've heard the narrative or seen it play out where it's whether uh, whether it's a uh, man. We're getting into deep waters, and I'm happy. Whether it's a youth pastor, a pastor shit, a bus captain, whatever, that fucks around, whether the girl was underage, I'm not not distinguishing them, I'm just saying, like, he fucks around with a woman, the woman gets sent away, the family gets shunned. In fact, mm-hmm. the, 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 the incident with 
the leader at First Baptist Church Hammond, if I recall correctly, and I could be incorrect, but I believe her family is no longer allowed to attend. The girl that he was with, her really? family is no longer allowed to attend the church. Wow. Yeah, And I should fact check that, and I will, for those of you that are naysayers. Love you guys. As Larry, what did Larry Smith say? Did you send me that clip earlier? Uh, love, ya. God, love ya. Pray love for ya. Love ya. Pray for ya. <laughs> Money. Bring us so, yeah, bring us. My wife is still not a trophy winner for looks, but she can win a soul. That's, that's that's Larry. That's on the money. We all know how much he didn't like oh, his wife's looks. Oh man! But but she was a great soul winner. Really, he got a boner out of her. <laughs> out of the winning of the souls. I'm done with that. <laughs> it's so good. So, anyways, I got off track. That was great though. But the the point that I'm trying to make is that women that 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 the IFB subjects women to so much. It's just terrible. The men kind of skate, not kind of skate. They skate, and the women get in all kinds of trouble. And it's just. Again, it speaks to, when you look at it realistically, and you realize whether it's an affair or whether it's literally illegal, mm -hmm. when it takes two people, and I'm not saying that, it's, that, it's, that it is the woman's fault too, because in, in many cases, underage and whatnot, it really is not her fault. But it's, al it's always framed as it's the woman's it's fault. It's always She's, framed as the woman's the temptress. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And she gets sent away to a home, or she gets excommunicated, whatever it is, and, and there's been more than one time that I've either heard a story or had a friend personally tell me where a woman, a girl, a teenager is made to stand up in front of the church and and the pastor just stands there and degrades the shit out of her for being a whore and then that's her exit. That's how she leaves the church. Wow. That has happened many, many, many times. That's because a youth pastor or a pastor can't keep it in his pants. It happens yep. all the time. Wow, deep water. Alright, so... Yeah, so, I can swim. So, I, <laughs> She can. So finding your way, you know, for you, the military was, was very important mm -hmm. and very, very helpful, very key. And I'm glad for that. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for you that that, Thank you. yeah, that, that, that you were, I'm that, happy that worked, for you as well. Thank you. <laughs> that that worked out in that way, you know, and things and things are coming to fruition for you. Um, for me, what I was saying a little while ago was it, it, it happened when I watched, you know, the, the, the church in Hammond, when I kind of watched it go down in flames in a, in a manner of speaking, or its leader go down in flames. And then just people that I knew that were close to me and, and watching how, realizing how I was raised and brought up in the fact that, no, I wasn't perfect and I listened to the devil's music and I watched wicked movies. Wait, can, we, and, can we talk about the devil's music? Yeah, let's What's talk about the, the devil's, devil's music. music? Well, well, no, okay, so it wasn't Southern Gospel, okay, so that's not... No, okay. the devil's music was rock, any yeah. kind of rock. Any kind, yeah. So the devil's music, uh, for me specifically, you know, to be real, I think... Um, the worst right thing I ever listened to was, I think I had some Evanescence and Rascal Flatts. I think that those were my my vices, my terrible wickedness. What is even heavy metal? Buddy Holly or whatever his name is. Oh yeah. And I got in trouble for Do it. You know, it rock and roll. Do you know there's a story? I think it's Jack Jack Hiles tells it about like Jesus. Pretty much Jesus killed Buddy Holly because I believe Buddy Holly died in a plane crash. Yeah. But that's because he was surrendered to be a missionary when he was a kid. I didn't go through with it, and so Jesus took him out. I'm not shitting you. I'll find it. It's he's been used as a sermon illustration. But I'm you think about that because I'm pretty sure I, every time a tornado happened, I was like, I'll be a missionary in Zimbabwe. <laughs> exactly. I'm I just not went out. There yet. Yeah, I'm yeah, you're fucked. 
But if you remember, that was a very popular narrative to mm. say that someone was not not so much buddy, but yeah. that that story of like this person surrendered to God, but then they didn't follow God with their yeah. life, and now they're whatever. They yeah. they own a successful nightclub, so they're super miserable. You know, it just <laughs> must be the worst. But I mean, or or they died, and they died because Jesus. Yeah. You know, and that happened so often. Katrina happened because there were yeah. so many sodom sodomites. Sodomites, yeah. Sodomites and um. What was the other word he used? I can't remember. I don't know. Sodomites and Gomorans. That's what he had said. Did he say Gomorans? Yeah, he said Gomorans. And I was like, what the fuck is a Gomorans? That's, that's always about a Star Wars. And <laughs> I don't even know the actual thing. It so sounds just, like, well, it sounds but, like uh, Sam people. You remember him telling, Scott telling the story mm-hmm. in the pulpit and saying, it happened because, and I remember, I wasn't even there, like, I don't, I don't remember particularly what I was doing there in the service. I don't yeah. think, I think I was in the military at the time. Wow. I don't so remember. chilling. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like a, a thing. Um, yeah, you weren't at any event, you weren't singing, you were just I just remember him saying, God let it happen, God broke those walls down, because there were homosexuals and lasciviousness happening. Oh yeah, like what? it was I don't going this off. At all. Oh yeah. That's crazy. And I just remember sitting there and being like, well I guess this isn't a good time to come out, so I'll just keep it back in there again. Just, so, just shove it, right back shove it down. And, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he had a thing. He hated homosexuals. Oh. But anyways, back to you. You're no, no, I want to talk to that for a little bit. I, I think, and I know I've brought it up before. The when it when it comes to um, however you want to phrase it, and I don't mean to be insensitive, gay, homosexual, alternative life, lifestyle. I've found, I believe, and so this is my theory, right? But my belief, and it's very strong, is that people, and it doesn't have to be being gay it could be it could be whatever it could be um porn it could be rock music whatever it is whatever is this because because these guys get in lanes these pastors these evangelists especially get in lanes where they just hammer on one subject i remember one monday morning did i talk about this already i don't think i did remember one monday morning so monday morning chapel no one was awake anyways yeah We we were dead from the weekend monday morning chapel bob marshall Oh, whatever. Anyways, <sighs> I said it. Bob preached a whole message on porn. That was the all Monday. Let's, he probably uh, just got done watching exactly. some Pornhub. And was like, okay, was well, like, I don't man, know. I, I like bet guilty. we didn't even have Pornhub then. I don't know what we had. <laughs> I don't know sure. what it Well, I wasn't on any of it then. It wasn't allowed. Playboy magazine. Well, yeah, you had that. I'm sure we had. Well, I had. I found something on my phone. I'm trying to remember. Someone sent me some good shit, but. It wasn't a link. It was just an image. Anyways, whatever. I won't, definitely won't say who <laughs> sent it to me. <laughs> but, um. I remember him preaching a whole message on porn and me just being like, like I didn't even watch it. I didn't even have yeah. any or watch it. But I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to catch so much heat for this from my, my then girlfriend. And I did. I got all kind of, I was just like, didn't I, didn't, I, didn't, what the hell? I didn't even, I am not even consuming the Why shit. Why was he going off on I have no idea. Like you said, you probably just finished watching some. So, but my theory is this. These guys that get in this lane or have this specific sermon they preach all the time. Oh, and I have proof of it. I mean, not, not the porn and the, and no, the, the gayness, but the other stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, when they get in this lane, there's this thing they got to preach against. They're doing yeah. it. They're doing the thing. And again, in, in most cases, what they're preaching against, by your biblical standards, yes, is wicked and wrong and lascivious or whatever. But... By a normal person, it's like, oh, so you're living your life and having a good time? Yeah. Cool. Well, problem. that's, I don't see, are you happy? Yes. Are you being harmful to others? No. Fucking carry they on. They'd rather like, you matter. were, um, this is how I see it. <laughs> yeah. They'd rather you were miserable with a man or miserable with a woman yep. if you're a man. Yes. 
than you were ever happy with the same sex. Same gender, yeah. Because God forbid, you just can't be happy that way. That's literally their thinking, is there's no way you could be happy, you're yeah. going to die in sin. Well, that's the Bible. We're all going to get AIDS. I'm <laughs> still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> still waiting on those AIDs. The clock's ticking, they're not here yet. Who showed up yet. So. <laughs> cheers to my uh, Cheers, yeah. Cheers to your lack of AIDS. That's terrific. Um, but again, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, you can't, because that's the Bible. It's an abomination, yeah. right? So as the Bible tells it, like, that's just not something that God's okay with. And these people serve a very angry God. And so mm -hmm. God's angry with you because of your life, because of the way you want to live your life and who you want to love. I think for me, one of the biggest, we're going to, okay, we're on this now. Here we go. Yeah, we're for, me, <laughs> for me, the biggest, my moment when I was like, Okay, this is really fucked up. And I was still IFB. I was still Independent Fundamental right. Baptist. I was living out here at the time. But a friend of mine um, who, had, uh, who I'd gone to college with and who came out, um, I had some dealings with. We were, we were trying to do some business together. Um, he was in the car industry, and I was trying to help him with social media and whatnot. And so we are talking on the phone. Um, and we had a great conversation, and we're good friends. But at this point, I knew that he was gay. Excuse me. But we had the same conversation we would have had, you know, before I knew that. And everything was, it was just, I'm not going to say a name, but it was just the same person that I yeah. knew before. So for me, what was, what was, when I got off that phone call and this rush of almost guilt came in because now I had talked to a gay person and I was nice to them and that's not okay. Yeah. Then the, the normal, whatever, actual human, humane part of me jumped in and said, this is the same dude that you went to college yeah. with. He watched the Bourne movies, all of them in his basement. Like, <laughs> you guys hung out, you were friends, and now you now you feel funky because he loves a man? Yeah. So what is that doing to you? What is it doing to you? And yep. how is that how is he different from the guy that you watched movies in his basement with? That's yeah. the same guy. Yeah. For me, that was the moment of realization where I was like, look, this is the same person that I knew before that I'm still friends with, and it's the same friendship and the same person. Why do I, why do I have to, just because I, and there's a million things that everyone, no one ever agrees on, on everything. Sure. So like there's a zillion things we don't agree on, but just because I don't agree on that specific part of him, why do I need to judge or be a dick about it? Yeah. Or like, well, I can't really be his friend anymore. In fact, I was receiving from a family member at the time, I was receiving a lot of pressure. Like, you can't do business with him or be a friend with him. I'm like, He's still my friend, and, and, and he needs help, and I need money, so what's the problem? Wow. Well, he's gay. And I was like, it doesn't fucking matter if he's gay. Like, that does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, that's not, it does matter because that's what he chose, and he's happy. So in that sense, it matters. But in the sense of my friendship to him, it is of no, no, uh, no, I can't think of the right consequence. word, but no consequence. Yeah, this of no consequence. It doesn't matter. It's, it's great. Good. You're happy. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Then what do we need to fight about, you know? So, yeah. But yeah, that is a very big a big thing in that side of that religion. Like you be with a, be with a woman and be miserable if you're a gay man. Be with a man and be uh, miserable if you're a gay woman. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter because God's happy. And then your feelings will eventually come out, and you're still going to get excommunicated yeah. later. So that's cool. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and that's happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many. I'm and sure many. But happened. I'm close with a couple people that are just like same. you know we've come out and and now we're just. It's the same as it would have been yeah. before, just now you have to deal with the... Now you the, have even more baggage. <laughs> right. You have to deal with the fallout of yep. a marriage or a divorce or a relationship, like all that shit. It's just... It's not worth it. It. it I can't just imagine how it would be. Yeah, just, just be, be happy, happy and do your thing, man. All right, so I think that segues well into dating. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. No, I'm fine to talk about that yeah, more. Yeah, But good. dating, I want to talk about dating first. Uh, mm. at Hiles Anderson. Mm. So... 
Uh, dating where we went to college. Here's the the, and I know me and John have talked about this, but I, um, this is your first time on, so I want to talk yeah. to you about it and get a different perspective. But my perspective is, you have I used this word earlier when I was talking about the fires in California, but you have a tender box like, and no pun on the app, but that was a good idea. I should have said that. Um, the you have, you've got these people that aren't. Again, let's go over the sta the standards, uh, which is the legalism. You're not allowed to kiss. You're not allowed to for hold, college. For college, way. well, and growing up too. Oh, yeah, you know, growing like up, same, same thing. Yeah. So you're not allowed to hold kiss, hold hands. In fact, you're the, no no contact. No contact, and they were very proud of um, people who waited until marriage. And the first physical contact you had with your spouse-to-be was the night before the wedding. Not sex the night before the wedding, but holding their arm, yep. walking them down the aisle the night of your wedding rehearsal. That was a big deal. In fact, I remember, I'm going to say it, at my wedding, the parishioner, not my father, my father was there, but the parishioner who did the service, whose name is on the now null and void uh, marriage certificate, <laughs> said at the wedding, and... Did I have I said I feel like I haven't said this before, so this might be a reveal, so whatever. He said at the wedding, I'm so proud of these kids, they did it the right way, they waited till marriage. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's not how it not from the what waiting. you told me. No, no, exactly. There was not a lot of waiting and there was waiting involved, but it wasn't waiting until marriage. So yeah. um there's that. Uh I should probably have another glass of whiskey. You should probably uh, have that bottle. Yeah. But but it's crazy to me that as a as a whole, as a religion, as a college, as whatever you want to, whatever wherever you want to put them, they, that you think that you can have someone go through four years of college, or not just college, just dating for a year or two, and they're not even going to touch each other. Mm. That's just that's that's berserk. Number one, that's berserk just by itself. Number two, we're getting no sleep. We're eating shit food. We're under incredible stress. And you really think we are not looking for some kind of a release? Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Like, that is what you really need. And you're not allowed to even touch the other person that you're in love with or yeah. in like with. Do you remember the stages of yeah, dating? I'm in like with you. I'm like, why are you writing me a poster board that says I like you? I mean, you hang out with me. Don't you like me already? Right? Why does it need to be said? Why did you have to wait three months? Why did you have to go to the guidance counselor to find out if you liked me after three months? I'm just going to tell you, you, I don't like you. <laughs> there you go. Did you read Dating with a Purpose? Mm-hmm. You did? Mm-hmm. I feel like I read some of it. I don't think I read the whole us. thing. Yeah, well... I mean, I read what I, I... I'm a reader, so I'll read. Oh, okay, okay. But it was mostly, like, dating with an agenda. Like, it was... It was. Not even a purpose. It was... No, it's, it's, that's, that's actually more bullshit. correct. Dating for bullshit. Dating for bullshit. But there were stages. Do you? Re I only remember I like you and I love you, but... Oh, well, the first stage, I think, was one stage. Or, like, I think there were, like, six stages that There's Jack Scott so put forth. Yeah. But, like, he had, like, a, a like a down to a science, yeah. you know? Well, no, it worked out for him. He knew, because, it? yeah, he was with teenagers all the time, yeah. so. Um, <laughs> he, there was, like, six stages. Like, your first date was a stage, and then, like, I think, and this doesn't correlate with the rule, but I, I get, I remember the rule that you're talking about, the ten-minute rule. But then there was a asking the parents if you can date. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I, do, I remember vividly, and I think we talked about this earlier, I remember very well at one point, I was dating, and I had been dating for a while, the same person, and it was either my dorm soup or someone, might have been Zena, I don't know, someone that said, you know, you need to have a dating counselor. And I said, what do I need a dating, huh? Like, I already can't, I can't do anything with this woman. Yeah, I, there's no counseling. Counseling for what? Like, I, I can't, I can't screw her, I can't, uh, I can't hold her hand. 
What do I need counseling for? And then on top of that, I told, I said, oh yeah, you know what? I, I went ahead and got myself a, so they bugged me about, like, okay, okay, fuck, I'll yeah. get one. And they wanted it to be, you know, someone that was on staff at the college or my dorm soup who didn't know what the fuck yeah. or anyone, anyone at the college. And then I, then they bugged me again. And I said, oh yeah, you know what? I went ahead and got one. It's my mom and dad. Oh, and they're like, awesome. oh no, no, that doesn't work. I'm like, <laughs> the people that fucking raised me and know me better than uh. anyone on the goddamn planet. I didn't say those curse words, but like. They, they're not good enough, that doesn't work. I'm like, well, that doesn't work for me. And I actually, there are very few times I ever push back against authority about college, but that is definitely one of them. Yeah. I was just like, and because I called my mom and dad, and I just told them, like, uh, so-and-so says, and my parents, the staff members of my parents knew each other. Mm -hmm. And I said, so-and-so says that you're not qualified to be my dating counselor. And my parents were like, oh, Ooh. no, we're not having that. <laughs> so that pushback worked out for me. And my yeah. parents were not actually dating. Nothing against them, but, like, they weren't. I didn't ask them anything. Like, what am I going to ask them? Like, no, I, I got the birds and the bees when I was 10. Like, that's pretty much it. Like, I'm yeah. good. And, again, dating at Howells Anderson was not dating. Yeah. It was in a group setting or like with a, a chaperone. Of, yes. Um, a group courtship. A group courtship. You were courtship. never allowed to be alone one-on-one. -on -one. No, no, that wasn't, yeah. And even if you were, your chaperone was setting a, a table away and could yeah. see everything you're doing. That way you don't get pregnant at T-Bowls. Because God know, forbid that yeah. happened all the time. So many <laughs> couples got pregnant. pregnant in that little walkway. <laughs> you know it. I do know one that got pregnant in the parking lot, but never in the walkway. Right. So, parking lot. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> but, so dating at House Anderson was crazy and I think for me the craziest one of the craziest parts is that you you again you, you, it's not a normal it's not it's not even dating you no. can't even call it that because we've been out in the real world we've dated we know what that's actually like and it's almost it's kind of for me it's kind of a relief yeah it's like oh like not not the craziness but like just like just taking someone out to dinner and going to a movie something like that like it's great. It's yeah. terrific. It's it's relaxing. I enjoy it. And I'm not looking over my shoulder, worried about what time I get back. Is my pass going to expire? Yeah. Is someone going to see yeah. me here? Because I'm not sure that I'm obeying all the rules to the letter. Like, it's a whole different experience. But dating at, at, at Hiles Anderson was you jump on a bus with 30 other couples and go to Chicago in, in the freezing yeah. cold and go look at Christmas lights outside. That... I love Chicago, I and I like the Chicago, winter. But that's just not. The but that's not. For yeah, no, yeah. for anyone. Like, why would you like? I had several dates to Chicago. Did None you? Of them went well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a different reason for them not going well, yeah. also. <laughs> but my, I mean, I want to say that my. Well, I think I. Oh, I did. I already. The last podcast with John, I talked about my nightmare of a Christmas light state that was oh, rough man. with uh, someone named Mary, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's. There's just no good setting when you have a horde of people. We would go. Did you ever go to the, uh, um, the Orchard County Line? Yes. That was a big one. I, did. I enjoyed that, but it was just kind of like, like I enjoyed it because I had friends that went, but it wasn't a good contract because I was no, because I was with my like I was with like You're I was still with, with all your friends. Yeah, so with all my friends, and yeah. so like we were just jawing around and fucking around the whole time, and definitely my 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 girlfriend would be like, hey, good. like this is this. Why are you just joking with your buddy the whole time? Like, well, because he's here and this is my buddy. Yeah, like, like this is not a dating. Setting. Yeah, this is not. It wasn't a dating setting at all. So, um, and I do remember um, getting. I never got stood up in chapel. Not stood up in the traditional term, but like there was a thing. I think you probably remember it better than me. Um, but the whole like writing a note and putting it up on on the chapel on the. Uh, yes, the I got match made like a million times. Did you really? Yes. Well, and you I went on tour. Other you had, too. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it's all the time. That's Revenge awesome. Revenge was sweet. 
Good for you. So. But, uh, oh man. My roommate or my roommate said to me. My friends did it to me. They sent me up to some ugly fuckers. Of course I like, they did. You're, I mean, it wouldn't matter. But I was just like, you're an asshole. <laughs> I was like sitting there. Yeah, but it's so I was like. Like, hi. Okay. Okay. Never gonna talk to you again. Yeah, and and really, you think about the the audacity. Yeah. Of thinking that that's okay. So let me. I, I need to explain this process. Yeah, you do. So yeah. So. What you do is you'd put it, so we all go to chapel, and it was at like, I don't know, 11.30 noon, mm -hmm. and you had been sitting in classes all day. This was, was there, when you were, I think the dynamic changed, because for a while it was chapel, and then you're out, and then after that, was there was chapel, chapel then one class, yep. one more class, right? Yep. Okay, so you ha you still had one more class to go. You were just trying to fucking stay awake and not get yelled at. That yeah. that was your goal in chapel. You fell asleep by the way you got demerits. Yeah, college. you get demerits, you talk too much, the clipboard clipboard gets passed down to you. Wasn't that a fun honor system? Oh, one I time had, I actually handed it back it? to him unsigned, and he looked at me, and he went like this. Was this double fill? And he handed it back down, no, it was the other guy. Okay. Uh, Mike? No, yeah, it wasn't Mike. Not Borsch. Yeah. There was another one. There was another one. Uh, not, maybe it was a senior Hassey? There were three of them that would walk the lines. Not Brian. Not Brian. No, 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 no. Who's a senior guy? Like, older. Oh. Huh. I don't know. It wasn't Borsch. Anyway, so. Mm. Yeah, Mike never, Mike never did no. it. No. But, uh, he handed it to you. He handed you it to me. I handed it back. He looks at me. He goes like this. Hands it back. So I give it to the guy that's sitting next to me. And he's like, and gives it to him. He signs it. He sends it back. And I just look at him. That's and awesome. he was just like, and he took it. And Did you ever like, get called in for that? No, not for that that's one. That's awesome. Not for that one. Because I just played like it wasn't me that was right. giggling. Like, fuck it. But. So the now hang on now we've now we've got another thing we got to explain. So during chapel you could you know because the man of God is speaking about the word of God and this is the most sacred thing in your whole day mm. and it's very important that you pay absolute attention. So during chapel some of the people that were involved with the discipline at the college whatever you call it handing out demerits offenses whatever um, they would walk around with a clipboard and if you were misbehaving they would. They would, during chapel, mm -hmm. well, this is the most sacred time ever, they would pass a clipboard down to you, point at you, and tell you to sign your name because you were misbehaving, hand it back, and then you got, I don't know. Five demerits. Five demerits? Five demerits. <laughs> yeah, well, you remember well. I remember well. <laughs> At first I thought it was offenses, but I'm pretty sure it was demerits. Demerits, yeah. The offenses were kind of coming in as you were leaving, I think. Oh, okay. There wasn't a lot of offenses when you were first there, I don't think. Yeah, it was just all demerits. 200 yeah. got you expelled. Was, That's it? I was walking the line. That wouldn't have taken me long at all. No. Shit. <laughs> That's why they went to offenses, because too yeah. many people probably got, they were losing money on demerits yeah, um, tuition. So so there was that. Um, that was always fun. And I remember, I never I, I never had to sign the clipboard, but I remember it getting passed down my row once, and I think it was Todd or someone like signed a different name and just handed it back. That's like, awesome. That's perfect, isn't it? <laughs> That's so I great. thought that was the smartest thing ever. Um, probably signed Billy Castile, poor guy. So they wouldn't have believed it though. They probably would be like, no, no way, not Billy. <laughs> so, but the dating, the, the, the dating and chapel thing was, you would um, put uh, names. You would say so and so wants to sit with so and so. I think, or you just put two yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. You put them up on the pulpit, and then shit. How many people were there when we were there? Hundreds. Hundreds. I'd say over a thousand. No. Probably over a thousand. Yeah. Probably. So a thousand people are sitting there. And some girl and some guy would get match made, meaning they would call out both their names. They, no, they wouldn't both stand up. Yeah, and one would have both. to go stand up and sit with the the guy would have to stand up to go sit, sit with, with the girl. girl. So the guy would stand up, super embarrassed that he wasn't the one that put the note up, which happened. 
and then the, they didn't even have to sit with the girl, and the girl was just like, I mean, just put yourself in that that position. Yeah, it was rough. That's terrible. A lot of kids were really scared and timid. So yeah. It was pretty rough. Yeah, and so on top of that, like going to chapel, knowing either your friends want to play a prank or the fact that it could happen to anyone at any time, like. There's enough fear and and scary shit going on anyways, and then on top of that, you're adding this element to yeah. it of, like, I could walk into chapel and be paired up with someone I don't ever want to see again. I got paired up with an Elijah. I won't say his last name because he's dead now. Okay, it's, I know uh, who that is. He married yeah. a missionary, mm -hmm. or a girl. They went yep. to go be missionaries. Yep. Home I knew him when school. he was, before he was in college. Yeah. yeah. And he, like, tried talking to me, mm. and I, I just kept thinking, serial killer, and <laughs> dived off. Yeah, like, he, was, he was a different yeah, fellow, that's for sure. Killer. Yeah. Yeah, no ledger. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it just it's it's so awkward. Like trying to date, trying to date in that setting is just very. Uh, from the look, I, I have a kid, so like I'm not. When she's 35, it's fine for her to date. You know, it's not a problem. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 35 is a perfect age. Yeah, right. She might not think so. No, she's not gonna agree with that at all. When she's 13, fuck. But. Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to trying to get people that are just trying to get people that are teenagers to have some restraint, whatever is difficult enough. But you're talking about eighteen to twenty-two year olds and even even older, and you're telling them they they can't have any kind of physical contact with the opposite gender. It's just it's just fucking nuts. And then on top of that, saying, but you've, you're here to find a, a husband or you're here to find a wife. Like that's a big thing. It's like you're here to find your mate for the rest of your life that you can't touch for the next four years, Jesus. but you're gonna date the shit out of them. Yep. What kind of hell it's is not that? Gonna go very well. Yeah, and it didn't for a lot of people. A lot of people got expelled, or in some cases, just didn't get caught. Um, it it just it doesn't work. In some work. cases, and, <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> but that's the thing is you can't you can't put us in that element in that construct and be like, yeah, this is gonna work fine. This is gonna be just fine. It's yeah. not gonna be just fine. Yeah. And the other thing that carries with it, and this, it's taken me a long time to get rid of this, but. There is an incredible, incredible, and if, if if I'm talking to anyone that's been through what I've been through out there, I love you and I hope for better things for you, and you need to hear this. There is an incredible amount of guilt that comes with um, whether it's holding hands, kissing, going all the way, whatever you do before you're married, there's an incredible guilt that comes after that if you're taught from a young age that that's wrong. It's not. And I preached for a long time that it was wrong. And I preached that I, I preached that I did it the right way. I lied yeah. for a long time saying, like, I waited, you can wait. I didn't wait. You know, and I do have two, two people's credit. I, I do have a friend, um, doesn't live here in the state, didn't go to House Anderson, but I we've talked about this. And he told me, he said, I actually waited. And I was like, <laughs> what? And he has no reason. There's no. He's told me yeah. a lot of things about him. There's no reason for him to lie to me. And I'm like, yeah. You really waited? What the fuck, man? He's like, hey, it worked out. I'm like, obviously, you know, good for you. And they've been together a long time. But, like, I think so many people want you to think they waited and they didn't. And, again, that puts even more pressure yeah. and more guilt on you. Even after you're married, there's still, or after that relationship is over, there's still, you know, I've dealt with it now and therapy's helped. But there's still a lot of guilt that ends up being left over from... Yeah. From, from what they would call messing around before marriage, whether it was sex or just physical contact, doing that before marriage, when there's a stigma put For on sure. it, 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 it creates just insane, and not just insane guilt, but extremely um, uh, non-essential. It, it's, not, it's, not, like, it's not something that you need to feel guilty about at all. So, I don't know. That's my own little rant. So, dating outside of Howes Anderson College. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well... 
Well. I mean, I dated boys in college. Uh, I never once, to my own honor, um, I never held hands, kissed, or whatever. But that wasn't because I. I mean, it was I, mean, I didn't want to, but yeah. it wasn't because I was perfect. I just didn't want to. I was into girls. <laughs> you weren't really digging uh, guys so much. No. <laughs> so yeah, I got out, and um, Hawaii was more of my eye-opening place. Like the that second like duty great, station, great I was pretty place. quiet. My, yeah. my first duty station, I still, because you know, don't ask my tub was still in effect yeah. and yeah. stuff, and I wasn't really sure, so I didn't want to do anything or mm-hmm. be anything. Yeah, and I, mean, I dated guys. I, I didn't right. really know what I wanted. Um, got to Hawaii, and the whole thing got repealed, which was great. But uh, hell yeah, I ended up finding somebody uh, long distance that I was pretty interested in. Yeah, and did the dirty deed and <laughs> have no regrets. But Good. from that day on. I have been with women, so. So you found out. Yeah, and dating is totally different. I mean, like, even if it was women or men, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. There's still the going out. They hold the door open for you. You can go in a car with them and act normal with them. Get it's to crazy. a restaurant, and you're all alone. There's no chaperone. You're looking so around, weird. Like, nobody's around <laughs> watching you. Um, you can have sex if you really want to. Yep. Um, in my case, personally, wasn't a fan of it for a, for a while until. <laughs> it's a transition, well, I'm sure lesbian yeah <laughs> um and then i was a fan a lot but <laughs> this is a very eye-opening conversation it, right? no 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 they better yeah. fuck if you're um, letting your kids watch this you got problems let's just say that it's a very different uh perspective yeah. and way of life the way the marine corps or not marine corps but the way the civilian world is compared to Heil anderson is so different oh and yeah even just dating, like we're looking through a yearbook. Yeah, these, that was a these trip. kids are like this far apart talking. Yeah, and it's just like come on. Well, you man. remember like, the rule, right? Yeah, six inches or whatever. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, come on, like it's not real life, and you're not gonna no. have these dating. You only move forward. There's no backward unless you break up. No, yeah. So if you're going to start super into the I like you whatever bullshit phase, you think you're gonna stay in that phase for four for s- years? God bless. Good fucking luck. Unless you're a lesbian or you're gay. Gay, yeah. Ain't gonna happen. Yep, yep. Like, I just don't see it. And if those people who tell me, oh, yes, I waited. No, you fucking didn't. You did something. I don't believe you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're full of shit. Even the best people I grew up with in the church and the college did shit. Yep. So, I don't, I just don't have faith in people. It's hard to buy that shit. Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think the the rules are ludicrous. I mean, teach their own, but, uh, or his own, but... <laughs> and it explains why I was such a good person. So how you, in how you kept your hands why off I the fellas? I never got in trouble. <laughs> I never touched the fellows, ever. Well, good for you. Yes, I'm proud of myself. Good, I'm proud of myself. Wasn't me even too. really, you know, like I couldn't even really tell if I was into girls back then. I think really? I think I knew well, I was. There was a lot of noise for you. I didn't understand you, you know? it. You know, like yeah, there was just so much else going on that mm-hmm. dating in general or liking people in general. I just wasn't like that. I was more into yeah. playing pranks and being myself, <laughs> yeah. like having friends. Yeah. But, I mean, that's paid off for you. You're happy. You're yes. doing what you want. You're being who you want to be. Exactly. You know, and I think that's, I think it's important, um, I think it's important to, I think it's very important to value your journey because I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like our journey ever ends. No. As long as we're alive, I feel like we're always changing and always figuring something out. And this, you know, the age old phrase, like you learn something new every day, like your journey just continues. Like there's not this, mm-hmm. um, there's not this finality until death. I was watching. Do you ever watch comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry? Yes. Oh my god, I love that shit. Did you watch the Jim Carrey one? No, I didn't get to watch. Oh, it. you've got to watch it. It's okay. on Netflix now. I don't know if you I saw that. Watch it's it. so good. So Jim Carrey talks about um, life and death, and uh, I know Jim's been in some 
weird places lately. I don't know what's going mm. on with them. But this was a while ago, before all that. <laughs> I think he's really trying to promote Jim and Andy. Um, that's on Netflix as well. But he he talked about death, and I, I don't. I'm not suicidal. Calm down. But I feel like he made such a good point. And he talked about how every day is a new like. And there's nothing wrong with challenges and, and mm -hmm. striving for to be a better person. That's, that's all good and fine. But there's so much like hard work and like just striving and like pushing against things your whole life, Jim says when you finally get to death, it's going to be a relief. It's going to be like, like oh, okay, <laughs> this is all it was. All right, cool. You know, yeah. And I know that's not across the board, and there's a lot of uh, different ways to interpret that, but that's what I believe. I, I believe, not so much about death, but just that li life is this constant journey and this it constant is. struggle. And so to, to, it's, again, so many cliche things, but the journey is a destination. Is a, I like saying it because, it's, for me, it's very true because I haven't really found uh, a, a, a compass to say, like, this is exactly how I feel about God or this is what I believe about that or this is the kind of church I want to go to or do I want to go to church? Like, I haven't yeah. found that, and really, I'm not looking for it. And I'm more looking for who's, who's this? Who am I really? Because when you're raised in the in, in the cult that we're that we're raised in um, that we went to college in you don't have a sense not only do you have a, not have a sense of identity you have no self worth especially as a woman oh yeah you have no self worth you're low and, and you and you're, you can't you're, even love your own body because no. you're taught to cover it up completely that <laughs> valleys the valley backsides, backsides and, and bus, bus lines <laughs> are wrong you know yeah. even necks god yeah. forbid yeah you know, what was like, the three fingers right three f uh, you're well, fucked right now four to three oh I'm, I'm showing my valley <laughs> But it's a it's a good point as far as like having to cover everything and the fucking hosiery and all that shit. It's just and that is another we're not gonna talk about the hair fetish tonight, but the, the hosiery thing. Yeah. I promise you that's a Jack Hiles fetish or something. Like that was the kind of shit he was I promise you there is some weird shit that's where on. the hosiery comes from. I don't know where that Dude, hosiery I'm comes telling from. You. It needs to go back to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Needs to go I'm telling needs you, to stay there. that's something someone was a fan of in the porns. Mm. Anyways, I was I was on one and now I'm off. But let me get back on it for a second. We're gonna wrap up soon. Um, but I do just want to say, um, we go all kinds of places with this podcast. But it was I it was a thrill to have Mary on. Definitely, we'll have you on Absolutely. again. Absolutely, um, Good. And I that's what I I like to always wrap up with something if I can that's positive or, or helpful. And we've talked about all kinds of stuff we shit on stuff and that's fine like we're having a conversation that's really what this is all about but i, I just want to say it's important to me that everyone gets that I'm, I'm not here and we're not here to say you know um you know this is this you know this thing is terrible and that's the end of the world there's not as many absolutes as we think there really are that's that's my opinion yeah. and the problem is when you're raised and you're inside of something that has just everything's a fucking absolute when you try to break out of that you're in for some big changes yep. and it's good it's all good change but it's not all easy change no. and it's all change that takes time and it's all change that takes it's a process it's not an overnight thing so i just want to say to anyone that's watching that's watched this far you know obviously thank you for watching but enjoy your journey man don't get so caught up in um Belief is important. Faith is important. I don't ever downplay that. Like I talk a lot of shit, but I don't downplay that. Your what you your belief in yourself, your belief in in whatever God you choose to believe in, your belief in uh, uh, other people, your belief in humanity. I think belief in humanity is definitely, um, especially inside that religion, really downplayed. Yeah. Um, because it's important to understand that there's 
there's a lot of amazing people out there, and you're not going to meet them with this closed-minded uh, uh, way yeah. of living. You're, you're not going to come across them. You're going to brush them off. You're going to try to save them or win them to the Lord and eventually yeah. turn them off to you in the process. Yeah. And there's so many beautiful, amazing things that life has to offer that we're just missing out on. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I can help one person, like, get it through their head, like it took me forever to do, that, you know, there's more things out there to experience and enjoy and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be this straight line. Success in life, in my opinion, is not a straight line. It's a mess. It takes you all over the place. Being, doing a little bit of entrepreneurial work here and there has really taught me, like, there's not this final destination or this straight line to this goal. It's kind of like, I'm figuring this shit out as I go yeah. along. And especially when you come from such a rigid, crazy background like we have, it's, you've got a lot to figure yeah. out and a lot of adjusting to do. So, anyways... That's it for today for Not Your Mother's Podcast. Thanks again so yeah, much, Mary, awesome. for coming on. Hey, thank you. It's thrilled to have you. Time. Me too. And uh, stick around, guys. We will have more fun shit to come. It won't always be bashing the IFB and Hiles Anderson, but hey, it this is, is my. It is. it is what it is. This is my background. This is where I come from, so I'm having fun doing this. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. We'll see you next time. Bye.